So, just wanted to welcome you guys to the Unveiled Podcast with uh, Dave and Peg. The Dave and Peg Podcast. And, uh, yeah, and we're going to have some fun here today talking about uh, Brandon Flowers, a song from the Killers called Fabulous Las Vegas. Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas. Welcome yeah. to Fabulous Las Vegas. So, I was out for a bike ride uh, the other day, I told you about, that I, I just started thinking about Nexus, our church community, and our faith community, and... Um, started thinking about some songs. I was listening to some tunes, and one in particular we're going to talk about today. And just started thinking how interesting how these songs kind of came into our mm. our journey, mm-hmm. and and they they kind of were able to, they they became important to us because they they were able to express kind of very important shifts that were happening. Yeah, it's in our you know thinking it's, it's like our, poetry, right? It's 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 common, like obviously pop culture songs. Um, they become poetry for you and I to help understand what are shifts in our culture, shifts in the ideas inside our own brain. And sometimes we discover a couple of songs and it's like, oh my goodness, what this artist is saying, again, whether they intended this or not is not the point of well, any it's art. It's all about us. Yeah. And we're like, we are using this as a way to understand right. shifts inside of us. There's only something that's just even parts of your song. But there's something in that song that when, mm-hmm. when we heard it, Peg, yeah. we, we knew that God was talking to us. We knew there was something there that that spoke our reality at that moment. So a larger kind of uh, kind of historical context for uh, not just for those who may not know about our faith community nexus, but for those who did and have forgotten. I think one of the main main issues that led to uh, an enormous change in how in our spirituality, in our religion, for some to complete. Uh, 180 on on a lot of things had to do with the limitations of the evangelicalism that we were close to at that time, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. basically suggested kind of a a very um, behavioral uh, model that said a moral moral behavioral model, if you do these 10 things and avoid doing these 10 things, Mm -hmm. then everything's fine. You don't have to worry about anything. It's, it's like this ultimate insurance mm. plan. Just pay your premiums <laughs> and everything is going to be okay. And and I think for a lot of people that continued to work, but there was another group of human beings, primarily at the start, you and me, mm-hmm. for whom it wasn't working anymore. And, and, and we could see not only was it not working with us, we could see the lies that that system was destroying. Right. We could see the marriages that were going down the tube. We could see families, you know, families people's lives that are just the rigidity of the evangelical world that we grew up in um, as it kind of progressed in its uh, moral structure even in the late 70s early 80s the right wing uh, you know the Dobson era of focus on the family yeah very much so all of that you think of that in the 80s think of Dobson in the 80s and and and, you know in our little Fraser Valley milieu really fueled by end time fear so you got a lot of these sort of things but anyway so we if if we had to say what were what were we kind of like turning our back on like and people would say this why are you guys always like tearing down and deconstructing I said because that's the phase we're in we are. Mm. We don't know where we're landing, but we know what we don't want, and we have to deconstruct that. And so, so much of it was deconstruction. Mm-hmm. In that milieu, in that evolution, in all of that, this song, among others, but today we'll focus by by Brandon Flowers, who is kind of the one of the creative geniuses in the Killers in the group, the Killers. Yeah, uh, wrote this song. Uh, called Fabulous Las Vegas. So my first time mm. hearing it was, so a number of us, you, me, kind of our bike trip guys, we would go to get together at my place every so often, get into my uh, this little room I had in my garage, we called it the grotto, and we would we were really getting introduced to marijuana at the time. We loved that experience of, you know, middle-aged men learning marijuana <laughs> for the first time and learning the beauty of music, of food, reflection, of laughter, yeah. of friendship, you know, energized by this substance none of us really knew very much about. And one day, Randy um, said, hey, have you heard the new Brandon Flowers song? And I don't even I think I knew that Brandon Flowers was the lead singer of The Killers, but he played Fabulous Las Vegas, and instantly I, I was struck by the song. I think what struck me at first, Peg, was it had kind of an anthem almost like a Christian-y feel to it. Like, not not 
you know, contemporary Christian music that's better than that. But it it had this God, very God kind of feel to it. Hosanna, mm. you know, temples, um, yeah, the language, the scriptures, in the, in the, in the lyrics. Yeah, were, the uh, metaphor was was laden with that, and yet. After I heard it the first song, I had to, the first time I had to kind of even in my my uh, uh, high induced brain, I had to was confronted with this idea. Did you just sing a worship song to Las Vegas? I remember thinking that mm. to myself. That sounded provocative to me. You know that 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 you would suggest that something about Las Vegas, and so I was I was interested. Mm-hmm. It was happening at the same time you and I were telling. The parable of the talents, mm. which for a couple of years, I'd say five years, was a real important parable to our faith community. Yeah, you know, and maybe why? Like, what yeah, was yeah, what was I, about that parable? I think that's and maybe that's a good thing. And I, I want to, yeah, I want to jump off on that just for a second to give some context to you know why that song connected with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, looking at the the parable of the talents, which is again, most of us were raised with the idea that that parable was actually another. Uh, it had been used as another mechanism of scorekeeping in our life because the way that we'd even heard it and the way they even translated talents was, what are you doing for God? What a a horrible (laughs) fluke that was, right? The the actual word talent, which meant some sort of currency Currency, back in first century you know, Asia Minor was also a word that we could use as being like my the abilities, skills, right? My skills. Yeah, and in, in essence, it, the you know the way I had interpreted, or yeah, the way give, I, give me the short version of the parable. The evangelical interpretation of the parable of the talents is simply this: the life that you live, the only what's done for Christ will last. The rest of it is going to be you know burned up. How did that saying go? How did that saying go? Uh, um, um, only one, one life shall, shall soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And by the way, the only way I know that thing is from you. Yeah, exactly. Because you got that. It's some sort of daily bread. Totally, yeah. Sort of idea. So the parable of the talents was basically... This, uh, this master... Yeah, and, and I mean, I guess we could tell the Just story. Just real quick, tell, yeah, tell the, how you heard the story as a young oh, man. Oh, I'll tell you the evangelical yeah, yeah, way yeah. is, you know, there's three different people. Uh, one guy, you know, God, the God character in the... I don't know, think there's any dispute that the master is God. Yeah, so he, had three, you know, he goes to his, uh, his three people that kind of work for him and says, I'm going away on a long journey. I love, um, by the way, I love instantly the tone yeah. you take. It's yep. a very oh, kind of uh, employment, almost yes. kind of like it's transactional. Here's yeah. Here's so the, think about the, you know the way it's interpreted. It's transactional God, a God that is uh, is is a scorekeeper, and I'm going to keep tight yes. tight books. Yes. Um, okay. So and he's an accountant. He's an accountant, and this accountant comes to you and says, "You have a life, and at the end of that life, you are going to have to give account, and what you do in that life." on the score sheet will determine what's going to happen to you for eternity. And he was just saying, I remember this idea of like, now, not everyone's given the same amount. Right. I'm giving you 10. Yeah. I'm going to give you five. five. Give you one. Right. right. But, but that's not the issue. Right. I'm okay with yeah. the fact that there's different amounts given <laughs> up. Right? right. So we don't have to feel bad yeah. if I don't have the same kind of IQ or the same agency. Right. Like, isn't that a very graceful part? Oh, it's so <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah not everyone gets given the same. However... Right, but will be accounts. So all the tone of transaction, of accounting, of shame and judgment—it's all latent in 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 that kind of interpretation. Because the, like like the climax of the parable for all of us was the master's coming, coming back, fucking returning. <laughs> He's gonna crush you if and, you do something and wrong. So that accounting is like, where am I at? I'm right, in the hole. Right. Yeah. I keep messing up. I can't. I'm not. And we and we and in the and the parable, the way it works is one guy did really well. He turned his 10 into 20 and the master says good job well done come in one guy took five into 10 which means he also did pretty good and one guy was an absolute idiot and you know not only did he not make he said i knew i knew who you were yeah you were a harsh master so i hit it in the ground and i didn't even and the master's like what you wicked servant can't even give me interest yeah you didn't even even banks give interest and then that last guy who out of the way all all of us right uh, is scared and fearful, and then he gets, you know, he gets thrown out of the whole thing. And you know, even though little he has gets taken from him and given to the guy with ten, and the, this guy is left. It's weeping. like the worst. It's it the is. worst. And so you're like, in the same way, you know, live your life in godliness so that you're not kicked out of heaven. Yeah, and it's not almost shamed. saying like, have I told the story well enough 
so that you really don't want to be that last guy? Right. Have I have I got your attention? Because I've tried to tell the story, faithful to the parable, I've tried to tell mm. the story in such a way that you will say to yourself, I don't want to be that last guy. That's the worst outcome. Right. You, you were given something by God, your life, I guess, your talent, and you ended up squandering it and burying it in the ground. You didn't live for Jesus, or you weren't moral enough, or you didn't pray enough, or witness enough, or all the different systems that evangelicalism put on you, and you realize that you were a failure, and then he comes back, and you're like, ah, fuck, I knew I was, my life was a right. waste. So the, the payoff pitch is when you heard it in Sunday school, or Brigade Boys, or in a <laughs> sermon, or at yeah. some sort of conference or camp. Whenever this parable got kind of, you know, trucked out there for you to listen to, the payoff pitch would be, you don't want to be the last guy? Yeah. You can start now. Right. That's the good news. Rededicate. Just start doing it now. now. Right. So to live your life in start a better moral Start doing your devotions system. now. And start as, reaching as out as now. I, Stop as masturbating as now. Stop masturbating now. Exactly. <laughs> right? And that's always how we interpreted it. Until we encountered Capon. You, know, you and uh, me, yeah. and among others, yeah. a different way of understanding the parables. But I'm just saying this was this the burden of, of that parable was on was so onerous mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the backs of the people who ended up in the Nexus community right. and like millions of others right. around North America that and they it, just said it gave us a, yeah, it's I'd rather I'd rather give up altogether. Yeah. This not working. Yeah. There's something inherently wrong with this. And we were we were talking these themes, attracted yeah. the people who are looking for something different. So this model. So this know, parable, the way we understood it, became very important to yeah. you and me. Yeah, because we, we began to flip it on its head and we began to realize that um, that that another way of understanding the parable was way more consistent with the teachings of Jesus everywhere, other place in the parable. Like, since when was Jesus a moralizer, commending the moral excellence of Pharisees? He never did. He always would challenge it and show the bankruptcy of these people that live these perfectly good, talented lives, right? right? So why would we interpret this one in not in light of all the other teachings? And so Capon helped us get access to this. How about the, this. the payoff pitch of the parable itself, which was the man says to God, I knew you were a Bro. scorekeeper. Right. And then God himself says, if you think I'm a scorekeeper, you know nothing of me. Right, right. right. Which is, and that became the linchpin for us to re-understand the parable, right? right? right. If you knew I was a harsh master, master, you know, reaping where I didn't sow, asking for blood from a stone, in, a, in essence, if you think that's who I am, then you have to kind of let that, that vision, that mindset, that let it go it right to the ground right. till it destroys you. Right. And once you're destroyed by that system, oh. you're ready for me. I'm as a serious as you say it, right? It's not about like uh, scorekeeping judgment. So, oh, you're in you're in hell prison for the next billion years. Yeah, it's yeah. not that. No, it's karma. Yeah, it's, it's like it's saying if you if you believe this of the universe, call it, like not even just think God, just think bigger. If you think Wait that you live, something bigger than God, yeah, okay, that's just an yeah, inside yeah. joke. If, if you think the universe is based on some kind of moral scorekeeping, you know, lens. You have to you have to have that break you. You got to be broken by it. And, yeah. and until you are become like the tax collectors and Pharisees that says you know and, and uh, sorry the tax collectors are getting in ahead of you Pharisees until you're a prostitute and tax collector, which means in essence in in this system, that system has broken you and you realize you've got to just give up and say I'm right. just I'm right. just a, a mess. I can't live this universe yeah, yeah, yeah. until you get there. The system can stay in your system. I need you to be broken by it. It's got to be authentic. You got to be authentic. You got to be authentically saying, "I'm dead." But once you have confronted your own mortality, your own death, your own you know inability to ever live that way, and once you go, "Huh, I give up. I drop dead to this," then you can actually do what the parables inviting you into, which live your is life. live a life with failure, with, with mistakes, with mysterious, with, with joy and expression and take risks and try and tell the story. And the master comes after a long time and says, here, here's, here's, a, here's a beer. I've stoked a fire. You know, let's sit down and tell each other. Tell the story of By your the life. Way, Get into this story Nexus, with me. When we really got into telling that story, dude, mm. we were at our best. Yeah, it was fun. We, the, the magic we had between us, we loved Telling we love telling the parable of the talent story. The the moment of setup of of the we are now ready for the telling of the stories because mm-hmm. you realize that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's not about the outcomes of the stories. 
It's about the experience, the the experience of being a human, of being alive, being in space time limitations. Yeah. Of, of, it's the experience of having death and new birth in your life at the same time of, right. of having children and seeing them make mistakes and having to deal with that in your marriage. And it's all the chaos that life is about and you experiencing that and saying, can I hold that and be, that's part of the journey of my life is to say, I'm experiencing, I'm getting involved in life. I'm not trying to, it's no longer a scorekeeping universe. Yeah. We were drunk on those themes, man. We loved the freedom and the invitation to be alive and that our creator, however you want to think of God, that intelligence delights. And is inviting in us into that right. experience to say, right. I want you to live free, open lives that allows you to experience what it means to be human. Right. And if if there's parts of your humanity that you want to excise and control, that's going to destroy you. I want you to experience all of that. Sexuality, relationship... I want you to understand it. Realize there's things that can cause you pain. There's other things that can cause you joy. Right. But I want to hear out. the story. Get into the game and figure this stuff out for yourself. Right. I can I can imagine, not to be too maudlin, but on the one end of the spectrum for me to tell the story of, you know, meeting Adele and finally getting married in the joy of the universe mm. that surrounded us on our wedding day. And then the heartbreak of losing mm. a son. And all of it is part of the story, mm. the music, the beauty of my life. Yeah. And and my God delighting in not in the the pain, but knowing how important the pain is to the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and into that into that milieu of the parable of the talents, of this enormous seismic shift going on into the lives of everyone at Nexus, all of a sudden we we came across this song by Brandon Flowers. That that was talking about Las Vegas. Hmm. And as we started hmm. to listen to the lyrics, it's the same thing. Hmm. And that's, I think, why we let's, love it. Yeah, so let's dive into that so, song and what, what well, connected the first, the first verse, you know, is just all about beginning to, th- I mean, um, you stumbled down the boulevard of neon encrusted temples. I mean, what a great lyric, right? How great, what great poetry. Neon encrusted temples. And, and, and you look in for the grace of God. In the arms of a fellow stranger, right? Disciples hand you catalogs of concubines. Anyone that's been to Las Vegas knows exactly what that is, right? It's it's filled with brokenness. Mm-hmm. And but Brandon Flowers and, and the parable of talents would say, yes, it's filled with brokenness and pain. Yes, that's true, but it's full of, of humanity. Mm-hmm. This is this is what us humans do. As we try to find our balance, as we mm. try to figure it out, as we're trying to with our our strivings for self-soothing, our strivings for for trying to find meaning in the midst. It's just it's everyone's story. And and Brandon Flowers is taking that that story of brokenness and searching and pain sometimes, and he's making it into a, a song of salvation of of you're now entering into the temple of God. Well, uh, yeah, this, this I think, Las I think Vegas is the this, temple of God, right? There, and the reason why I think it, it, it comes down to kind of there's one key piece to understand the song. Absolutely. I, I think the it's way the that one we, question yeah. is is you know, Vegas is a place for games, and we go to, we you know, quote people go there to kind of. Fix your, you know, to escape in one sense the pain of their no, life. No, it's a place of games. I love that yeah. idea, Peg. It's not a place of accounting. Right. It's not a place of scorekeeping. Yeah. And and it's like the song detects it. It's like the 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 person that's being sung to in the song, that the that that the singer says at the end of it, he detects inside you. Oh, you you thought you could. Beat the house, right? You, That's this is the key. You yeah. thought you could win. That's the that is the at the heart of all of your suffering, my friend. Mm-hmm. Vegas is a place to go and have fun. Yeah, have a, it's a game. 
it, it's like you you hold on to this like it means something, right? Like 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 your success at your business, that you're 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 perfectly raising your kids, like like that's the goal of of life is to have a perfect house, a perfect family, a you know a, a successful job, of all these kind of things, and it's like don't you know didn't don't you realize that the house always wins? Like this is the basic, like this is the don't come to Las Vegas. If you think you're going to beat the house, you can try and cheat the house. Yep. You, but you're not going to win. But when you relax into that, yeah. when you realize you can't beat the house, Vegas becomes the funnest place on earth. And and so let let me just let me just let me right. work with this for a second day. Let me work with like and I we're talking right now. It's it's May whatever you know, 2020. Whoever might listen to this, you know, in the, in the future, we're in the, we're, <laughs> we're in a pandemic that our yeah. planet's never experienced right. in the way it's been right. before. And what we're realizing is that's revealing so much what's going, you know, the, the issues that are going on in our culture, the levels of anxiety. And I think what's happening is people believe the house is winning right now. The house is winning. There's been no, like people who had plans on May the 10th, 2020, believed that their worldview would continue, yep. that their plans, their strength, their agency, their resources, their male privilege, whatever, was going to continue to take life to its knees and then on May 11th out of nowhere March 11th March sorry yeah. March 11th out yeah. of nowhere yep. life just said oh, uh, everybody started. go inside yeah everybody out of the pool and within 7 days we were stopped. all inside right we were unemployed yep. we were trying to figure out how to use zoom yep. we were scrambling to understand am i going to be able to make money to buy groceries yep. there's no toilet paper i can't see my family what the hell is going on and life just did that a it, little virus that dealt everyone a seven two offsuit hand in poker in right, Vegas, and it right. says these are the cards that you were given, and you get to control none of it. And it's right. guess what? There's nothing you can do. There's no hand that you can put together that will beat the you know the royal flush that that they have right. that's showing. And you're like ah, I can't do anything. Yeah. So what about? I'm going to have, how do I, how do I get okay with this? Because you finally met something that you, no amount of scorekeeping, no amount of pre-planning could have ever predicted what, you know, what this has, pandemic has done to our inner lives and to our planet. And I think this is an opportunity for us to say, this is a, not just a metaphor, this is an opportunity for us to reorient our lives and to say, Man, those of us who have been, you know, pursuing X, Y, and Z to think I'm going to keep myself perfect and and so it, nothing happens. Guess what? What if a pandemic happens? Now, how's your life? And the pandemic, in one sense, is is a metaphor for everything we face. It's the metaphor for your kids experiencing things that you can't control. It's it's a metaphor for the cancers that in, invade our life. It's a metaphor for. Everything that's outside of my control, which we realize is almost everything. There's a funny nuance in there too, Peg, which is like if, if someone were to, you know, listen to this and say, so am I not supposed to play the card game then? No, you're supposed to play the card yeah. game and you're supposed to try to beat the card game. Have fun with it. You, the game is not enjoyable if you're not trying to win. Right. But if you think you're going to win in the ultimate sense. And what we mean by winning is to avoid all, you know, the things in life. If you think you can manage, I, I, I think I, I don't want, know, man. I, what do you think winning I, means I in think people's it means minds? Death. I think it's death. I think that you're going to die. You're going to die eventually. All of it is about that. Yeah. And especially the older you get, that the the, the idea of death becomes less and less mm -hmm. something you can deny. I heard this great metaphor. A person mm -hmm. described death. He said, if you look at the trenches in World War One in Europe, he said. He said, at the far end of the trench, the trench is like 15 feet deep. And, and you are so protected. You're so protected from the bullets flying above your head and the artillery flying out that you may be even unaware that there's a war going on. But as you march toward the other end of the trench, the trench becomes gradually, gradually, gradually more shallow. And you're getting closer and closer to the surface. And as you get down near the far end of the trench, the bullets are just breezing over top of your head. And you realize that one of these days, I'm going to get hit by a bullet. It's inevitable, mm -hmm. right? I just love that metaphor. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not trying to, again, be unnecessarily maudlin. But, you know, I've been, I think a lot about this stuff. And as, as you really do get into the heart of most people's 
lives, there is this desperation surrounded around death. Look at literature. Mm -hmm. Like death is such a primary Mm -hmm. motif, right? When we make peace with that, when we realize, okay, I'm not going to live forever. My life is going one day eventually to come to an end. Mm -hmm. My body is going to give up. Relationships are going to come to an end. All of that. When I can make peace with that, all of a sudden, my Mm -hmm. life becomes alive. Right. I become. I don't have to worry about that. will happen when that happens. But I'm. I can be fully alive today. And that's what I. I mean, we're not saying don't play the game. Play mm-hmm. the game. Try. It's enjoyable to try. This. That's where our our mm-hmm. our lives have begin to have real color to them. When we're when you can imagine. I don't know. Think Ocean's Eleven if you mm-hmm. want. And you know the 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 casino floor and the energy of the casino floor. That's what life is supposed to feel like. But this the, again the song detects in the casino someone who's getting very frustrated, mm-hmm. someone who's getting very angry, some because they think that. They can win, and they're not winning. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the evangelical that is told, you know, because he's not obedient to God or, right. or whatever that he's losing. And if he loses, it's the parable of the talents, and it's not going to right. go There's well. There's some for them. sin in your life. There's something that you didn't do well, right? And you thought, oh, you thought you could control your life so that you quote don't get a divorce or don't whatever that your kids will behave that whatever. It's it's not that that's that's not the way life works. It's it's like the it's like the you know going back to the parable of the talents. It's you've been given life. That's kind of quote talent. You've been given life. Right. Go. No, that is the, the talent. Says, that is the only currency. You're alive. You You're awareness. You have consciousness. You are an aware being. Now use that awareness to. Be witness to whatever falls into your lap. Live it. Don't try to control it. Don't try to dominate it. Don't try to fix it or change it. It's not to say that or escape a... from it, maybe, or to or to think that it's something it's not. It's just life. Yeah. It's that's what it is. There's and no how more. do I how do I be okay with what is? Whether that's good or bad or pandemics or you know fun times. But how do I get okay with both of these and, things and, and, and you know, living that's, with that's that? That's that kind of I guess paradox that even Jesus talked the. The man is the soul afraid of dying that never learns to live. You know, that, that lyric from the song, The Rose, right? It's, the, if, it's when, we, when we come to terms with our mortality. Mm-hmm. We just come to terms with it. We recognize it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you'll be okay. Yeah. It's all right. It, the, listen to the last the words of the final chorus of the song. In Las Vegas, give us your dreamers, your harlots, your sins. Las Vegas, and he sings Las Vegas with this worship, and then the song turns its attention to the to the listener who is still filled with anxiety and anger and striving and control, and and takes you aside and says three times, "Didn't nobody tell you? Didn't nobody tell you? Mm-hmm. Didn't nobody tell you? The house." will always win. Hmm. It's like this one truth that if you get this one wrong, and I think, Peg, much of, much religion, but ours, Mm -hmm. certainly evangelicalism, has got it very, very wrong. Hmm. That we we hold up things about heaven and, and afterlifes. That, that's a different story, man. That's not this story. This story ends. Yeah. Right? And, and it, 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 it's not for the faint of heart. Well, it's I, not, I, it's I, not easy to face your mortality. I think that's actually the message of, of, you know, sadly, I think that is the message of Jesus. He talks so much, I mean, about unless you die and, and, and unless a seed hits the ground and dies, it won't grow up into right. a, a mustard seed. Right. Unless you, it's, you know, the kingdom of God, which is our lives, are like seed that gets thrown out. And the seed kind of, in essence, has to go into the ground and die. And then it's going to grow up and, and live and, and kind of produce fruit and life in, in our life. But sometimes, you know, the, the, you get so concerned with not dying, with, with your, you know, with avoiding that one thing the that will actually... The things that we do. The... And it's control, right? It's, it's what, is our, what is our anxieties? What are our, you know, if, if you can sit down with someone... And, and kind of say, okay, let's take that. What's the worst case scenario? It's always the worst case scenario. And, yeah. and well, and this would happen, and then this would happen, and then, and then, well, then I guess I would die. And you're like, yeah, okay. What if, what, if, what if you're okay with that? And it's almost like the song says, 
oh, did you did you think you were going to die? Yeah, you you didn't think that you well, might I die. Well, I mean, suppose sometime I'm going to die. No, 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 no. Anytime you could die. Right. <clears throat> you're not. And I can't most tell you. Of us you're, don't like that. I, I, I can't tell you you're going to live to 95. Yeah. And I'll tell you, anyone that's 95 still has got that survival yeah. thing going on too. It's yeah. normal. Right, that that life comes in. I love how you said it. These worst case scenarios mm. do end up in the like. Well, I guess that I'm dead. I go. Yeah. I don't want you to die. Yeah. I don't want me to die. It's not again. I want you to play the game. I want you to be engaged. But if at the bottom of it, at what's driving this engine, mm. is this belief that I can cheat death, or that somehow uh, I'm not part of the human race, <laughs> it's oh, did. Did no one tell you this growing up? Right. Did you not get this one thought clearly in your mind that you're going to die? So yeah. relax with that end It's 100%. And guaranteed. just enjoy it. It's actually the only guarantee in life. Right. That you will die. That right. you are a creature who has limited time on this planet. And until you wake up to that, um, and there's many ways of waking up. But wake up out of your slumber of religion, wake up out of your scorekeeping, wake up out of your pursuit of wealth and pleasure and power, because all of that is going to, is is just your attempt to try to avoid the one reality is you're, you're going to die. Right. It's death denying. We've talked about that before. And and so anyways, that's this beautiful little song Mm. that, that parachuted into our lives in the grotto, like in whenever it was, 2012. And again, for me, it became this beautiful worship song of thinking of thinking of life as Las Vegas. What a beautiful metaphor. What an interesting way of thinking about it. It's the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. Jesus saying, I want to hear about the game. Yeah. Tell me about playing the game. That's all. Oh, oh that's yeah. the crazy slapping. That's, that's right. the crazy beauty the of a life well the mistakes, lived. all whatever they are right. I, I don't all care just get them in get up stay stay remember, engaged in life remember brennan manning and and brennan uh who is this ex-priest mm. who alcoholic who early guy for us to help us right, get drag him up and wow and he told he told you and i about the 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 worst and best day of his life and he had yeah, he came and spoke at, a, at Seven Oaks. Yeah. We picked him up and drove him around. We did. And I we tried to offer him beer. And I didn't a, know he was an alcoholic. Way, and he a good guy. Me. He was yeah, a good he was guy. A, he was a good one. Good, yeah. authentic, really good guy. And he told the story about, um, you know, for the nth time, going on another bender. It started on, he, think, mm. he says, it started on a Thursday. And, yeah, he was, you yeah. know, and he just went full into the bottle. He woke up, came to consciousness, so to speak. He said, literally, I woke up in the gutter on a Tuesday morning. With vomit all around He me. said, I'm in, it's a curb. I'm sleeping between the curb and the street. There's, there's vomit. I'm, I'm, and I'm a priest. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a servant yeah. of the Lord. And people look at me as their model, all of this. And all, as he wakes up, all of this reality comes crashing into his brain. And he said the, the, the strongest part of it was the shame. Mm-hmm. That he felt because he let God down again. He let himself down. He let his parishioners down. All, all you know, because he had to have a drink. And he said, all of a sudden, he became very aware of the presence of Jesus. Vision. He had a vision mm-hmm. of Jesus standing right beside him. And, and he says to Jesus some form of like, oh, I'm so sorry you have to see me like this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Jesus looks at him almost with a surprised look in his face. Oh, that stuff? Oh, I, I don't care about that stuff. Hmm. I'm so glad to see you, Brandon. Hmm. And that that's a life-shaking moment hmm. because we think Jesus cares about that other stuff. I mean, of course he cares if we're sad or we're not, but that's not what we're talking. We think that that's a, that he's keeping score of that. Mm-hmm. That, that, that. That's like, well, you know, yeah, as long as you, times you get this. it together now, yeah, it's yeah. all forgotten, kiddo. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus, like, I don't even, oh, that? Oh, whatever. Yeah, that's right. that's not the part of the story yeah. I'm interested in. I get, I get to see you right now, yeah. my child. My I'm interested in who you're going to become now, or maybe, or or, or I'm just in the moment with you. Hi, Brennan. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Right, and and I want to hear at the end of your life how this moment and the last four days were part of your overall mm-hmm. story, and maybe the next time you do it, you die of alcohol poisoning. 
I don't know if you're getting better, dude, in terms of the the success of life scale. Who knows? Yeah, maybe but, you but do. His, his maybe you don't. To but drop I, that scorekeeping. Right. I see you this second, and that's mm-hmm. what matters. Yeah. You know, there's this. Uh, we talked so much about you know like this this concept of of death and uh, our inability to kind of look at it face to face and and be okay with it, be okay with our mortality, be okay with the, with the fact that at any moment you know things could happen we can you know we always say we could hit by a bus we could do whatever you could get a COVID diagnosis could come. yeah covid could come and we could yeah all that but i think that there's a freedom in that there's there's a there's a freedom in mean? in in that if we live a life that says that the the presence of difficult things or you know that i that i that i'm not going to win if i if i know that i'm not going to win at the game of life or whatever that you know that kind of in that metaphor I'm going to die. There's things are going to things will happen in my life that I cannot control. And if I get okay with that, then I can live each I can live each moment fully. I can say at this moment I'm good. You know, as you're you talking, know? I'm reminded of that that final scene of Shawshank Redemption. You know, and here's here's Morgan Freeman, and he's now on a work release program. He's living as a free man supposedly, but he's working at a grocery store. Mm. And he says to the grocery store manager, a man who's in his 30s, here's Morgan Freeman in his 70s. And he says, uh, hey, boss, can I take a piss? Mm. Got permission. Yeah, permission he says, good, yeah. just the manager says, just, just go. go. Yeah. And, he, and he reflects on it later on and just said, I've been my I've been life. asking permission my whole life to go to the bathroom. What a yeah. metaphor, right? In, in prison. I've being, been yeah. asked permission to have humanity about me that I can't even be human without the permission. But then he goes on this trip to, as a free man, he's on mm. a bus and he says, he said, that I, I'm feeling feelings that only a free man can feel. It's a terrible thing to live in fear. Mm. And it is a terrible thing to yeah. live in fear. And, and that's the problem with trying to beat the house is we're afraid of losing. Mm-hmm. It's the fear of losing it's which fear. takes the joy yeah, of life yeah, away. Yeah. It's no longer because it's you're mm-hmm. never going to be able to to curb those bets enough. You're not going to be able to hedge it enough. There's always COVID could happen. We're always aware that something could happen, and so we we work, we buy our insurance policies, we do all the things to try to mitigate the risk. But at the end of the day, we know that something could happen, and it drives us and it scares mm-hmm. us. And even though we accumulate more power and more agency, mm-hmm. it's still not a work. It's not working. And then Brandon Flowers comes in and says. You're not going to win. Did anyone know told you, never told you? You really look like you're trying to win. Yeah. Because the amount of energy you're investing yeah. in trying to beat the house. Let me just, yeah. like, everyone on this boulevard knows this, dude. Yeah. Like, give up. I, I remember you, uh, this is early on, we had these interesting conversations just about, um, like, the idea of, of life being a, a bit of a game. Mm-hmm. And, and and what we mean by that is there's a there's a playfulness to 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 life then an openness of freedom yeah right? and you can like hey you enter into it it's fine like mortgages and buy houses oh and, yeah this is North American games. economic sure. yeah. play this play sure. this game of monopoly sure it's the only game that's there but just enjoy it don't just, think it means anything. yeah don't think it like oh I have a bigger house on Eagle Mountain than da, 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 or I got this or that great play it have boardwalk great whatever get your hotels right do it but it's just a game and if you don't want to play that game don't and if you lose and someone you know you land on another thing you have to pay it's just a game well that's that's the point i can you relax into those highs and lows of the game of like at times drawing a bunch and at times like ah, i landed on this and it, in, in essence, the excitement of landing on different things. And it's like, ah, I went to jail, you know, go pass, go. And I know that that's a kind of a crazy metaphor. You know, but that's part of life. You know, this is, You're in the game. Right. And I don't want to be political because I don't think that's useful for us to get too political. But there's a certain world leader I'm thinking of right now. And you can see that he's really not doing well because he, COVID is bigger than him. And you can see him trying really hard to be stronger than COVID. And hey, the dude's pretty strong. I mean, I'll give him credit. He's a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. to talk about the guy that can maybe beat the house, he'd be in my top 10 list. But Brandon Flowers is going to say the same thing to him. You're not going to win, mm-hmm. dude. You're probably, probably within 10 years of absolutely cashing out. Mm-hmm. Right? So, sorry. Right. Like, and wouldn't it be unbelievable if that human all of a sudden got up on his microphones and said, you know what? I've been playing a bad game. I'm realizing it. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm looking at COVID. COVID's bigger than me. Hey, 
Let's try and get through this together, shall right, we? Right, right. Wouldn't right. that? Wouldn't everybody kind of go like, "What the hell just happened today?" Yeah, but the people that get in those positions of power are the ones who we 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 kind of we push them into these positions because they seem to be better at the game than a lot of us. They are, we're winning. They have more money, more power, more charisma, more whatever. And and you're like, that's such a false. Are you know these these leaders are such false representations of how you know the the true what it means to truly live, right? Like it's, you could ask of this human the one question: Does he seem joyful to you? Yeah. Does he seem happy to you? Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. He right. seems lots of things, but joyful and free. And uh, I can imagine there's a there's a 24 year old hippie kid in, you know, uh, West Coast Vancouver, who's way happier than that guy. Right. He yeah. learned something early on. Yeah. Right? And so he doesn't have a jet. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got a got running shoes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was, he's moving around the earth. <laughs> I had this, uh, Heather was watching this show the other day, and, and uh, it's kind of a, one of those decorating shows. It's called Tiny House Nation. Okay. And it's, it's uh, these guys who go and, and people are moving from their big house into basically a, a fifth wheel. But they kind of construct it with pullouts, and it's called tiny a tiny home, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a movement of yeah, yeah, minimalism. I've seen it. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's it's big in the very room. millennial, <laughs> very millennial. Like this is my daughter. They're deconstructing our massive seven thousand yep. foot homes, and they're looking at kind of how much energy it takes to stay in this game of two million dollar homes, right. and how many. Everyone needs to be working 15 hours a day and both mom and dad need to be doing it to keep this game going. And these millennials are pushing back going, uh, I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out of this game. Yeah. Of, and great. I'm so great that you've had this, you know, good luck with that. Hey, I'm not telling you what you should do, you can do, but I'm out. We're out. And and so this tiny, and so there's one great lady, metaphor. Like so it. the tiny house nation, and so they kind of end each show as these, as these families move into these tiny little, like they're tiny, like it's 150 square feet kind of a home. Right. And they're raising kids in this thing. And, and they're like, and it's a really interesting thing. Right. And they kind of, not easy, not easy. It's a challenge. Right. It's and a so challenge. This young yeah. couple, you know, hipster kind of couple and they last episode i watched you know they they hand over the keys and said you know at the end of the episode it's welcome to the tiny house nation right and so they reflect then eight weeks later with this couple and you know what what's it been like and they said we realized that um in moving toward a minimalist life and we had to sell a whole bunch of stuff and keep it in this that there's a freedom in yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and they said we had no idea that kind of losing 90% of our stuff because there's no place to put it would actually allow us to feel we have no mortgage, we have no nothing. We just kind of can be and enjoy and That's engage. fascinating, man. you got to admire people who can, of their own values, choose to do that. Because yeah. even in, even in uh, so much of the Gospels, Jesus says, probably you're going to have to get kicked out of the game in yeah. order for you to... Like, very, very few you. people are going to choose, choose to, to leave because away. it's too hard. You're yeah. probably going to have to get kicked right. out, which is why blessed are you when you get kicked out of yeah. the game because now you're free from the from that yeah. crazy worldview. Blessed are you when you don't have a mortgage and you can live in a tiny house and be okay with right. yourself. Right. Blessed of. are you when you right. when you can work, you know, three hours a day and still make enough to be able to live your life and engage in the relationships that you want and 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 be able to be in the game. And blessed are you if you, if you want to enjoy the 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 kind of rat race and them build a business and good for you but just remember it doesn't the house mean wins. anything just remember this yes. the one thing the house wins yeah if you can just remember that one thing as you engage the game of monopoly that yeah. is our western economic structure like yeah. probably you're still not going to be as happy as these people that have done blood yeah, right. but whatever go ahead I mean you and I are doing it yeah. so we yeah. be pretty hypocritical yeah. to pretend oh yeah. not I have a big house to. and a farm and the whole thing yeah. but dude big, when you big. were saying that about you know the work three hours a day and follow your passions. Yeah, I'm thinking about you, man. I know that's right where you are at. Without getting into details, because yeah. you're probably another night podcast. But there. these are big waves that you're trying to yeah. reconcile. Which is, you know, if I find great joy over here, but mm. that means something over there, and you're you're looking at it, and it it does become a very relevant conversation. Like if the house does win. Mm -hmm. Right. If at the end of the day we're all the same and mm -hmm. no one's no one's going to be taking yeah. their RV into the next yeah. whatever, and there's no special reward for the guy mm -hmm. who wins the game because nope. you're not winning. No, nope. there's no right. Like, that's where the parable of talents is so great and flipping on its head. It's actually opposite of what we were raised. Right. There is no special thing for the guy who wins the game. Right. It's 
It's well the story. Done. It's just tell the story. It's just just engage in life. That's right. the only goal. It's not right. about making money. It's not about being successful. Not about having power. It's about engaging life. And if you have those other things and you find some influence and you get to have some, you know, it trips and things, good, great. But the great thinkers, Peg, yeah. the deepest men and women throughout our history say the same thing. It's about love. Yeah. It's about connection. It's about uh, openness. Yeah. It's about generosity. It's about gratitude. It's about community. Yeah. It's about interconnected. It's about, they all, they all say the very same thing. Yeah. Healing, compassion yeah. for self and these, others. These are the streams of life where you will actually find richness and love and can, you know connection. When you move in these streams, when you kind of engage in this other stuff, if you think this universe is a scorekeeping universe that you are somehow going to win at it and you're going to avoid all this other pain and hardship, you're going to lose every time. COVID will find you, things will find you, and you can't beat it. It's bigger than you, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that's an invitation for all of us, even right now, in the midst of this pandemic, where we have an opportunity in life that life is saying, you have a chance right this moment to turn it all around. Today is the day of salvation. Like it, Right now, the kingdom of God is at your doorstep saying, what life do you want to live? Who do you want to be? It's like, ah, I got too much stuff I had to keep. Hold on. If this isn't working for you to tomorrow, you can say, I'm going to start making some changes. I'm going to start realizing that none of this really matters. All this stuff that I've been doing, what if I could change it around and be who I want to be? And, and we are lucky. Let's just be honest with you. We are lucky we live in Canada, in BC. Yeah, yeah, sure. In, and we have, some, we have opportunities that a lot, of, a lot of people don't, right? So... Although, you know, can I just say yeah. that that at one level that can't be true, though, because I, I, I mean, I would think around the world, um, if, if you say, I want to engage with human beings, I want to be connected. You I can want, do that no matter what. I don't think, yes, yes. I don't think you have to live in Canada. I, I, I've seen that. And, you know, and people ask me, what's the attraction? Why do you keep going back to Ethiopia? It's a good question. You're like, Peg, like, is it just... Are you a sucker for looking at poverty? And I'm like, no. You know, and as I reflect, what is it? Why do I, yeah, what is it about Ethiopia that continues to attract me? And it's the fact that I see these people living joyous, authentic, beautiful, rich lives despite this game of monopoly that we have in the West. Mm -hmm. They found contentment. Does it mean they still need water? Of course. And I want to work with them. And they want that. They want that for their kids. And they want that. But whether it's our team that I work with or whether these communities, this kingdom of God ideas are, I see it being lived out in, in its beauty, in, in, in these lives of the people I meet. And it's so attractive. And I go, ah, oh, I, I get something every time I go there. I'm reminded of, of the reality of, of life, that it's, there's a finitude to it, but also that at each moment in life, at each, no matter where you live, you can find peace, joy, yeah. delight, no matter what the circumstances. You can you live know, in a mud hut and your mind is what you have. I, I agree with you, Peg. I, I, I mean, we'll tell the story more fully another day. But, you know, there's a very, very dear friend of mine who's very sick. Mm -hmm. and, and yet I was with her last night and just laughing. Hmm. There's joy, yep. this connection. It's and and she has told me, yeah, probably gonna die. Yeah, terminal. But that's yeah. that's later. Yeah, I'm not dead right now. Right now. Yeah, and I hear that and I go, dude, I am not worthy yep. to wash your socks. Yeah. You know, you know truths about the universe and about life that I'm just trying to understand. And we're we're all that lady. We are all we all have a terminal illness in one sense. Hers is well said, dude. You know exactly. Six months or whatever, she kind of knows the end. Most of us kind of don't get to know the end. We just have that sitting there at any moment that it could happen. You know, whatever. But we don't live like that. We live like we're going to live. We forever. get an illusion. We can yeah. pretend. Can right? we be okay? You know, in this moment, right now, to say, you know what? Take a at deep this breath. Moment, air into my lungs. Yeah. My body's operating. I'm in. I'm okay right now. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. right now. Despite everything else that, right. you know, that, 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 that I would want to be kind of 
be pulled off my center, my balance. You know. Yeah, I um, love the idea of balance. Yeah. And, uh, um, hey, look. I, yeah, we this had, this idea of death, though, Peg. We hmm. we saw and just a preview for maybe a, an episode coming up. Oh. We saw uh, an episode of a new TV series that's on Netflix called Midnight Gospel, which is crazy. Yeah. But the the last episode is one of the sweetest, most thoughtful, deep episodes of television I've ever seen in my life and we want to unpack and it's about death and dying yeah uh, and you know maybe that's our next podcast yeah maybe I mean I don't want the, I, I mean that's obviously I'm an older man now and I'm thinking about death more <laughs> although not really yeah. but I I I still think as I reflect on my life that if we could if we could just enter into what Brandon Flowers is inviting us to in this song and by the way everybody listen to the song tonight. if mm-hmm. anything is connected to you in this podcast take that thing that's connected mm-hmm. kind of open your mind to it and then listen it's, to the song let your right brain get connected yeah. in there with music and and all the instruments and you'll have a beautiful time but the that this one thing that that brandon flowers just wants to tell us is just this didn't anyone tell you it it it's okay it's okay that you're gonna die everybody has everybody will there's nothing you're not being selected out for any mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. treatment but when you when you can be okay with that and by i mean okay i don't mean you have to celebrate it. it's just fun it's sad it's really sad because of the mm-hmm. losses that are involved in dying. But when you can be honest, those feelings are beautiful in how they heal mm-hmm. us, how they allow us mm-hmm. to stay present to our life. Yeah. When you can say, the house always wins, then you will say, as Brandon Flowers did, Hosanna. Mm-hmm. Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. Right. It's, yeah. it's, that's, it's a great town. That, that's, the, you know, that's the metaphor for mindfulness. That's what we, you know, we hear all this stuff about being, being okay in this present moment to say... I'm good. No matter what's happening around at the table, no matter what cards I've got on the table, no matter what the dealer's hand is, I'm good. This I'm is playing fun. a game. I'm alive. How great is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, alive. I'm alive. And I yeah. and I I hope that that's. Uh, I hope that yeah. I hope this conversation is uh, helpful for some people and and uh, it encourages us to look at all the podcasts we've promised in this one. But I do. Yeah. We got it. We got one where we want to talk a little bit about the two communion songs that we used in Nexus, and mm-hmm. they're really cool because Peg will we begin to see our own evolution as we move from one song to another yeah. song. Why that happened? It happened organically. We didn't mm-hmm. plan it to happen. Mm-hmm. It was just all of a sudden one day. This one's working for me. This more. one's Let's better. Yeah, this yeah. one's better. And we just kind of did it without telling anybody. And no one seemed to be, I'm sure they noticed that. That's not the song we always, but anyways, we'll get into yeah. that in our next podcast. Well, right. you know, this is great. Dave is always, uh, I love riffing and chatting about yeah, ideas about riff. life, love, yeah. faith, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this is another episode of Unveiled, the podcast with Dave and Peg. Uh, hopefully you you guys uh, are enjoying this. And uh, yeah, keep, keep checking this stream for uh, new episodes that will be coming out in the next few weeks. But as always, it was awesome, Dave. Yeah. Loved it. Thanks.